What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's play some football! Run right to the back of him. Run right to the middle and out the back. What's known in football terms as a slam dunk. Welcome back to another edition of Daytime Fireworks. I am your host, Zach Barry. Joining me, feels just like yesterday when we were at the Grand Hyatt eating mediocre catfish and turnip greens. My buddy Stephen Hartzell, Michael Serber of SEC Radio, College Sports Now, shut down full cast, hand in the dirt. I mean, the CV is is stacked. Gentlemen, good morning. Thank you for uh, for joining me. Good to be here. Yeah, thank you for having us. All right, so I know that um, you two are just ecstatic about being in the same room as Lane Kiffin. He is no- notorious. It is very on brand for him to be. Well, I don't know. I haven't. I've never done it. Y'all have done it. W- would you say it's difficult, or would you just say it's just that's just who he is? Server, I'm gonna let you go first here because <laughs> you have a different perspective kind of behind the scenes than I do with with what our roles are when these guys come in the room. Yeah, I I think Lane is there because he has to be there. He has no desire to be there. And I mean this in like almost all instances, it seems like with media. Like I, I think it's the very on the list of things he wants to do when he gets up every morning, that's at the bottom of the list. Um I'm going off his demeanor, his willingness to answer questions. And ultimately, I don't think he want like, for what we do, we ask a lot of, like, questions about the team, like football-centric questions. We don't – we try not to get too into the storylines. I actually think he, unlike most coaches, is which is what's so weird, would rather talk about, like, the storylines and, like, NIL, the transfer portal. Yeah. Most coaches, when they get those questions, they're like, no, nah, man, why don't you just ask me about my receiver room? Um, 
and which is why like most coaches when we interview them at media days like we we get what we need from lane it's a it it can be more of a struggle because he's he doesn't really want to talk about his receivers room he doesn't really want to talk about his quarterbacks he he kind of would rather talk about the overall state of the game um and so that that's at a clash with what we do so it's usually not a great interview with us but then we see stuff like him at the podium with the guy and you you told us a story like the guy was like people say i look like you and he was he was he played ball and he had a good time and that went on for a few minutes um so like he's he's kind of he's kind of silly i guess like but he doesn't seem silly he seems super serious and pissed off to be there yeah that's i that's what i've always heard because i'm i'm you know i'm remote i'm not local so i don't do all the pressers pre and post game stuff with lane during the season or you know fall camp whatever but everybody that I know that that's on the beat that has been on it since he's been there have said, you got to ask him big picture stuff. He loves talking big picture and loves like a, you know, 3000 foot view. He's not about to break down, you know, his too deep on offense. Like it's just not who he is. And um, yeah, I, you know, again, this is coming from other people and what you just said. I don't think he's an asshole. I think that's just like who he is and that's just his mindset you know, taking a lot from Nick Saban. He's, you know, coached with him. He's coached with Pete Carroll. Those guys that are very serious, very big picture type guys. So I think that's just, he's kind of made his own brand out of coaching under those big time coaches. I'll say this about Lane. He's a very good looking guy. He's handsome, but he gives off a, a very tired dad energy at SEC media days. <laughs> like he looks, I, <laughs> and maybe that's by design. I mean, you know, the, Saban has a different type of energy yeah, because he's a very good interview and he likes to talk about his personnel. He he gave us a really great quote about, you know, I'm, I'm not worried about who our leaders are as much as I'm more worried about how many guys on this team need to be led. And you're like, oh, that's, that's a quote. And you're like needed that. Like, you know, again, like the context of what we're trying to do, we we have a. We have six hours worth of content that we are trying to pull out of four days worth of interviews that we get access to at media days every year. It's three, two hour shows. There's capsules of each team. There's there's sound from last year. And then, you know, like the highlights that tell the story of what happened. And then there's the 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 blurts, the the little bites that we're able to get from these coaches and players. Saban gives you those. Almost all the coaches do. Your boy Lane is it's difficult to pull that sound out of him. I'll give you an example. I asked him about the seven and zero start first time, uh, only the second time in program history that's happened. First time since yeah. 1962. And he's like, yeah, it was neat. And that's and And so I'm I'm interviewing <laughs> that and I'm like, OK, next question. Like, I, you know, what, what, how? How am I supposed to, you know, and I'm very hard on myself and server knows this because like I, I spend time and energy on these questions and I want them to be good. I want them to be uh, productive. And then I get, the, yeah, it was neat. And yeah. like for me, that's an insult. Like if, if server, if I asked server how his vacation was or if I was like, hey, man, did you what did you get out of this? And he's like, yeah, it was neat. I'd be like, OK, that's that's not nice. Like that's that's well, not a nice response. Yeah, and and that seemed like a great question because that is big picture, like that is. Yeah, take I, me there, coach. Take like talk about expand on right. it, you know. So, so it, you, you know, look, it it's it's fine. You know, the, the good news for Ole Miss was, 
you know, uh, Quinshawn Judkins was there and he was phenomenal. He was a great interview, a lot of energy, great vibes, like just enthusiastic and humble and, you know, wasn't, you know, had this phenomenal freshman year and was like, it's not about last year. It's about this year. It's about the guy. And it's like, awesome. Great. Yeah. We're good here. Um, and so I just know every year going into that Lane Kiffin interview, like that's going to be a toughie. And what I get, we get, and we mm-hmm. just move on. Like it, it's, right. it's fine. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but yeah, it's always, always, well, uh, always an, a good time. Well, it's like when you asked me about like, what are some good questions to ask him? And I was trying to make them big picture, but it's media days. You want to know about the season. You want to know about this team. And I know he loves talking NIL and portal and all that, but it, media days is for the 2023 season. So yeah, it's a tough scene trying to get that out of him. Um, I know, uh, server, you said that the, the defensive linemen were, were looking pretty svelte this year at media days. I saw quite a few of them walking around and just further confirms my notion that we're not all built the same. Like we're not all the, the same human. Um, did you guys have a chance to talk with Cedric Johnson? Did y'all get all three players? Yes. What um, you know what was the what was the vibe with him? He's coming off an injury. He was a big time leader off the edge for the defense a year ago, and then he got injured, and then was just hampered by it. He's now full go, hundred percent. Um, what was the vibe from him? And did he say anything about Pete Golding? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think those guys knew the Pete Golding questions were coming. So I yeah. asked him and and DeAndre Prince both, you know, what that transition's been like, and I I think. You know, to paraphrase, I think they're excited because of the success and and the prestige that comes with having a former Alabama defensive coordinator, right? But you know, it's like it's like the chef and the groceries, right? Like if if you've got great ingredients, you know, that's going to elevate you as a chef. And and I I think you know there there was certainly some of that with with Golding and and his tenure at Alabama. It's like, dude, you got Will Anderson. Of course, you're going to be a great defensive coordinator. You got Dallas Turner. You got all these NFL first rounders. Just boom, boom, boom. It's a factory. I asked about the land shark defense. I was like, is that still, is that still a thing? Like, is are we still going fins up? Like, is that, how much do you guys hang your hat on that? How much is that still a thing? Um, you know, Ole Miss is known for their offense. What's it like, what's it like to play defense against a, a, an offense in practice? That's, you know, the fastest in the country. Like how challenging is that? How much better does that make you stuff like that? Um, you know, it's, it, it's like, it, it's interesting. Cause you get a lot of student athletes who are very prepared for media days. And then you get others who are just like, I'm here, I'm going to wing it. And, and that's great. You know, like, but I, I think a lot of these guys, not all Miss players specifically, but most of them going to media days is harder than putting, putting a helmet on and playing a game on Saturday. That's easy for them. It's getting mm-hmm. asked questions. It's, it's the social media stuff. It's, you know, putting on a suit, tying a tie, talking, you know, without a script like that's that's harder for them than playing football, which is interesting. You mentioned DeAndre Prince, another guy, um, kind of a they had they had two old heads there with him and Cedric Johnson and Quinshawn's the young guy. But DeAndre Prince played a lot of football. Um, you know, I know he also mentioned Pete Golding, but as far as that defense and what it's going to look like. I anticipate them playing a lot of defensive backs this year and 
Golding, as soon as he was hired, was quickly rebuilding that defense via the portal. A lot of DBs coming in. Um, did you guys talk about anything in terms of gelling with new guys, new faces, trying to build chemistry quickly because they're, you know, either once one year gap guys that are going to come to Ole Miss for one year, then go pro. Um, you know, they talk about that kind of camaraderie, chemistry building type stuff. Yeah. I, DeAndre was interesting because he's a Juco guy. You know, started in Oxford, had yep. to go to Juco and now is back. So just like that journey for him, what that's been like. And and yeah, you know, if, if you're, you know, he's a senior, but I mean, hell, if you're a junior now, I mean, you are, you're the leader, like you're the old guy, you're the old head, you're, you're the upperclassman. So um, yeah, there was a lot of that. Like, you know, how do you do that? How, what's that like when you've got all these new guys and it's like, it takes time. Like it's not going to happen in the spring. And then, you know, with, with Ole Miss, like they're active after spring. So there's guys that have come in through the portal who they still haven't practiced with that they're going to get their first chance to play with in the fall. I mean, Zach, you're the Ole Miss fan and, you know, and, you know, journalist, but like, I would think if you can hold teams to under 30 on Saturday, you got to yeah. feel pretty good about your chances with that offense. Just keep them under 30. Give us a chance. Yeah. That, that was a big question that I asked a lot of guys at media days was, you know, how well do you think Pete Golden can, turn this, you know, how well do you think they can play in year one? It's going to be difficult. They, they In the SEC, week in, week out, the two deeps not going to be able to, you know, go toe-to-toe with the Alabamas, the LSUs. They do play Georgia late in the year, which is going to be a fun one. Um, it happens, yeah. Yeah, so that was kind of what everybody said. They're like, if you can keep it to 23, 24 points per game, points allowed, you're, you're in business with that offense because – you know that Lane Kiffin's gonna gonna score, and he's gonna put up points. So that's that's the big key for Ole Miss this year. Is especially I think the year one to year two jump for Dart is gonna be a storyline to follow because Matt Corral took a huge jump, and I think he's got more weapons than Matt Corral had in twenty twenty one. They didn't bring any you know portal guys with them to media days. I, I didn't expect them to because you're not gonna bring a one-year guy that is not part of the program. But a couple, couple portal guys I wanted to ask you all about on offense. Caden Priestcorn, the tight end from Memphis. A lot of buzz about him in, in spring ball. People saying that, that he has a chance to be a legitimate NFL guy. He's got a big frame. He was really good at Memphis. And then um, Trey Harris from Louisiana Tech was a Bolitnikoff Award semifinalist. They struggled to find a consistent outside threat early in the year middle late in the year it became Malik Heath because Mingo was kind of in and out with injury um but I, I I imagine Lane Kiffin said nothing about any of these guys but just in your conversations with other people at media days and just your opinion on what you think that offense will look like with some new faces on at the skill position, what do you think about Ole Miss's offense and, you know, year four of Kiffin and year two of Dart? Yeah, I asked about the newcomers, and he was like, yeah, we got a lot of work to do. And it's like, yeah, well, <laughs> let, can you talk about Zakari Franklin? Can, can you talk about your new tight end? 
I don't think you can ever have enough weapons, man. Like you saw this with Alabama a couple years ago. Like, you, you know, they, they lose Mechie, they lose Jamison Williams, and, you know, they lost a one-possession game to Georgia in the national championship. Like, what if you still have those guys catching passes? Like, I just, you know, you've got, you've got first-round cornerbacks all over this league. So, you know, your number one wide receiver may not be getting 12 targets a game. So who's in the slot? Who's your tight end? I think it's I think it's fascinating, man. I think it's uh, you know, Kiffin and and Ole Miss are. I mean, you know this. Ole Miss is the only school that hasn't been to Atlanta, yeah, from the West, and like that is, you know that that's that's dangling out there. The goal for all these teams is you know, we want to win the SEC. Like we want to go to Atlanta. That the the show we put together for the SEC Radio Network is called Battle for Atlanta. You know, if if you can get to Atlanta. You have a play-in game for the college football playoff. Like you're there, you're on the doorstep. That's the goal. If you can, if you can win your division and you can get to Atlanta, you've got four quarters to play your way into the college football playoff. And then, you know, in the future, I mean, you don't have to go to Atlanta to make it in the top twelve of the college football playoff. You could be, you know, you could be a team that's sitting out there at, you know, ten and two, and not have to worry about a thirteenth data point, and you're still going to get into the college football playoff discussion. So. You know, that's always going to be the, the goal for for Ole Miss from afar. Like, do something you've never done before. You know, win the West. I don't think the schedule breaks very well, as you mentioned, no. Zach. Like, you, you got to no. go to Alabama. You got to go to Georgia. You know, the, the first six weeks of the season aren't littered with corpses like last year's start was. Yeah. Hell, the Tulane game could get dicey, honestly. Like, week two in New Orleans, yeah. it's going to be about 130 degrees. I got a I, I got a hot take on that one, but go ahead, server. I was to say we have, uh, there is a little bit this year like a I don't like lack of star power in the SEC sounds like a crazy thing to say, but media days was a little bit indicative of how many stars have left the league mm-hmm. to the NFL. Like faces of the SEC for several years now, Stetson Bennett, Bryce, like these guys are gone, and. When we look at Ole Miss schedule, like, yeah, it, it, it is tough because they are in the SEC West. It's like this every single year. But, yeah. like, if there's, a, if there's a year you're looking at where it's like, oh, well, this might be a chance for us to kind of jump in here and, and jump and, like, skip a couple people in line to become that, to, to get to Atlanta, like, I would feel like this year is a year where you kind of have to do it. Uh, Alabama's breaking in a new quarterback that no one knows anything about. You know, mm-hmm. like LS, like Brian Kelly was able to turn things around at LSU in a year, and they they had a great season. But like, you know, ultimately their their fate probably rests on the shoulders of Jaden Daniels. Um, so, like, it is, yeah, it's a tough schedule. But Ole Miss does this every single season because of the league they play in. Um, I think the expectation is like, if if it's, if not this year, then when? Um, because Ole Miss is really freaking good. Um, they, they should be competing for the West, no matter what year in year out at this point. Um, but like this year, not only should they be competing for it, like it should really come down to the wire, whether or not they, they make it like they've beaten Alabama before they can do it again. LSU is not some juggernaut. I know they won a national championship a couple years ago with an entirely different team and staff, but like this is a pretty damn good shot. You know, if like if I, if I, if I'm putting my bets on like when Ole Miss could do it, like this is the year I'm picking. Because after this, like, who who knows? Texas and Oklahoma join the league. Things are going to get weird. Scheduling's going to get weirder, you know. And then also to Hartzell's point, like, it's really not going to matter if you get to Atlanta. 
in a few years. Like yeah. Ole Miss is Ole Miss is probably going to be in the playoff discussion every single season, just by benefit of who they play mm-hmm. and the fact that they're probably going to be a nine ten win team year in year out. This podcast is brought to you by Cherokee Valley Golf Course in Olive Branch, Mississippi. Get on over to see Cody Allen and the crew to take on the challenge of their wide, plush Zoysa fairways and large championship Bermuda greens. They have two putting greens to hone in your game with the flat stick, a driving range, and a chipping green to tighten up the short game. Book a tee time online at olivebranch.com or give them a call at 662-893-4444. That's Cherokee Valley Golf Course in Olive Branch, Mississippi. This podcast also comes to you thanks to Bluff City Advisory Group, Memphis's leading team of finance professionals who can provide advanced assistance with financial planning, pension, and qualified plan support, and business and estate planning strategies as well. Former Ole Miss Rebel and founding partner Ben Still, along with his elite-level customer service team, make it their goal to help you meet the ongoing demands of your financial needs. Learn about this and more at bluffcityadvisory.com. It's concert season, and concert season is all about the boots. Already, Oxford and Ole Miss have seen Morgan Wallen light it up at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. Ole Miss football star and Talk of Champions podcaster Jared Ivey bemoaned how his boots were lacking. He should have gone with Tecovis, the only stop for the Ole Miss fan and the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings for the spring and summer, including timeless, always-on-trend styles in men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. Stop by your local Tacova store and have a complimentary drink or two on the house while you shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service, and many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. The sun's a-shining in Oxford, Mississippi. Cookouts in the Grove, beer showers. It's just the very best time for an Ole Miss Rebel to get out and get going. Carry front door peace of mind with you everywhere you go with Eufy Video Lock. Never has home security been so easy. Eufy Video Lock, an all-in-one security device for your front door, allows you to keep an eye on everything back home. And it's so easy. Installation requires only a screwdriver, so ditch those house keys forever and give Eufy Video Lock a try today. There's no monthly fee, and Eufy Video Lock has customer support on standby 247 to help you with any and all home security needs. Go ahead, have your home as fun in the sun with the assurance your home is in good hands with Eufy Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock's built-in camera can tell you who's at your front door from the comfort of your poolside chair. So search Eufy Video Lock today. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit ufeofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. That's Ufe Video Lock, a proud sponsor of this, the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we are back here, Daytime Fireworks, Stephen Hartzell, Michael Serber here with us. All right, so 
Turber, you said you you feel like Ole Miss is is going to be pretty damn good this year. I tend to agree. I think I got them eight and four. Now, if you told me the ball bounced a certain way, maybe somebody can't figure out a quarterback situation at some point. Maybe they get to nine and three. I don't know if I'm there just yet in competing for the West just because they got to go to Bama, to Auburn. They do get LSU at home, but you get Georgia on the road late in November. You got to think by that point, Carson Beck's figured things out. Where I mean, if you can give me a win-loss if you want. Where do you think Ole Miss lands in tiers in, in the West? Because, you know, tier one, obviously you're going to have the – the one and two teams and then tier two. Cause that's, that was kind of what everybody was saying at media days was, well, you've got Alabama and LSU. And then you've got just a huge cluster of five teams that no one really knows what's going to happen. I'm going to let server go first. Since it sounds like he's buying on the rev. So go ahead, serves. I, I don't, yeah, I don't necessarily buy that. Like LSU is in a different tier than Ole Miss. Um, and, and, and honestly, like putting Alabama in, in a different one, it's just based on like how much we respect Nick Saban and what he's been able to like <laughs> the fact that that guy w- wakes up and wins, you know, double digit games every year. Um, like I, 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 as far as the West goes, like I'm, they're certainly above Arkansas, certainly above uh, Auburn, certainly above Texas A&M, certainly above Mississippi state. Uh, like I'm, if there's a tier, it's Alabama tier one. And then like, if we're making, if, if you're like, twisting my arm like LSU and Ole Miss are kind of together like they are both to me kind of on the outside looking in of like can we conquer this beast that is the tide um mm-hmm. like and honestly but like the tide is way out there right to to get like philosophical we don't know we see big white caps but like it ain't is that going to settle down before it gets to the shore uh, right. because we haven't seen enough of this team yet we'll know very quickly uh what they're made of but like and the same for LSU they're going to take on a Florida State team right away that's gonna that's gonna prove their metal because i don't think anybody wanted a piece of the knolls after like week six last season oh yeah um and they're and they're coming like they look really really good so we're gonna find out about both teams relatively quickly um but i I think if there's a tier system like lsu and on Ole miss are those two teams that are knocking on the door to challenge alabama to get to atlanta yeah, who are your who are, you said eight and four, Zach? Who who are the losses for Ole Miss? Bama, Georgia, who else? Uh I, Bama, Georgia, LSU at home. Yeah, and then Egg Bowl. No, no, he ain't doing that to him. I'm thinking I mean, is that. Well, the season opener at Yeoman Stadium is like it's, not, it's no gimme. I think it's, it's probably baby. it's probably going to be one of Arkansas or A and M. The Arkansas game is stupid every year. It it never mm-hmm. makes any sense. It's always just crazy. There's no rhyme or reason to it. It just always is. Now, new coordinators on both sides is interesting, and I'm really intrigued to see what KJ Jefferson looks like without Kendall Bryles because I thought Kendall Bryles just was a magician with him really molded that offense to him worked to his skill set, his strengths. Um, Cause like in high school, KJ, some people recruited him as a tight end. Like they didn't think he was a quarterback and he really, really turned it on last year. So I'm really intrigued to see what Sam Pittman's got there in year four, um, which is just 
I know y'all love Sam Pittman. And I do too. I mean, he's, he's awesome. It's going to be really fun to see because, you know, Sam Pittman and Lane Kiffin are kind of tied together because at one point Kiffin was rumored to be looking very, very in depth at that Arkansas job before they got Sam Pittman. So they're both in year four comparing those two, you know, careers at their schools now is it, it's fun to do, but I don't know. A&M on paper is always more talented, but Jimbo just always finds a way to screw it up. So, yeah, if you if you pin me down and made me pick, I would say eight and four. But there's a chance if it doesn't work out with the coordinator situation in Fayetteville, they could go nine and three. We're not supposed to pick favorites in in our in our little room there, our little breakout session that we get because we're on the car wash we get to talk to every coach every student athlete we get the commissioner we get john mcdade the head of officials and then whoever else we can you know convince to walk into our mm-hmm. our our room uh sam Pittman is is our favorite i mean that guy is he's a legend he's he's just you know all these coaches are incredibly charming when they want to be right it's not a coincidence that it's like oh this man is incredibly charming and he's an he's a master recruiter i mean going back mm-hmm. to his days at georgia i mean he was one of the top recruiters under kirby smart staff so i i know what's happening in that room like i i know what coach Pittman is doing just like when shane beamer comes into the room same thing it's like wow i feel i feel very important you're doing a really good job of recruiting me to your program but yeah Pittman's our guy i mean he's just He's a legend. He fits so well with Arkansas. I mean, you know, Zach, you're, you're an SEC West guy. Fayetteville is different, man. Those people are different. And yeah. Sam Pittman has a lake house. And in front of that lake house, as the waves lap up on the shores, there is a statue of a hog. And when they win, they put that red floodlight on the hog. And it's like, <laughs> yes, sir. I mean, it's just, it's perfect. He's he's perfect. But to answer your question, I got Ole Miss going seven and five, man. I, I just okay. it, it's the West. It's tough, dude. It's that, and, tough. and that's your, and that's what, very plausible. What's your hot take on the Tulane game? You said you had a hot take earlier. What is it? I think Ole Miss dog walks them. Okay. I I think just a lot to replace from. I mean, Tulane last year was awesome. I mean that was that was a fun team to watch. I mean that Cotton Bowl was electric. I mean that everybody loved watching that game. I mean, come on, like SC's one of the biggest brands in college football and Tulane going toe-to-toe and ended up beating them. That was crazy. I just think that Kiffin is is going to have some games circle where he can make a statement, and I think that there are a lot of people that are going to be high on the on the green wave for that game, whether that's a from a betting perspective or upset alert perspective. Um, he... Kiffin is very aware of when there are a lot of eyeballs on him. And sometimes it works. Sometimes he's clicking on all cylinders. Sometimes it fires, you know, it blows up in his face. Like it, you know, a couple of years ago, the get your popcorn ready before the Bama game. Um, yeah. I, I, I just think early in the year, Ole Miss has some veterans on both sides of the ball. I think dart another year away from the knee injury. Um, you know, he he had it scoped and cleaned up and everything was was a okay. He's ready to rock for fall camp. I think he's gonna be a lot more confident. He knows the system better. 
And again, like I said earlier, I think they just have way more weapons on offense now. They were kind of having to piecemeal it a little bit last year with putting Mingo in like an H-back or like a tight end role here and there and trying to create these mismatches with different, you know, from, you know, different layers, different spots on the field. I think now with with Priestcorn, it's going to free up Michael Trigg to be kind of a flex tight end. They'll probably use him as a as a wide receiver a little bit because he's a bigger guy. And I just think that that's a game where Judkins is just, I mean, he's going to belly up and probably get three or four helpings at the uh, at the buffet. So that's my hot take. I mean, it'll probably be a ball game in the fourth quarter now just because I said that. But I think they'll handle business. But, I mean, that'll be a fun one for sure. It's just tough on the road, man. Like, you, it's college football, like, it's, it's just – I mean, you're not wrong. Like, Ole Miss will be favored probably by – double digits i mean sec team on the road I, I but i don't know i you know old miss's schedule the first couple weeks to lane an improved georgia tech team i mean i'm not saying they're great but they are improved <laughs> uh alabama lsu arkansas like it's not going to be like last year where you just start seven and oh and hey look at us we're in the top 10 there's going to be adversity early on yeah how does this group of transfers and new faces how y'all want to deal with that adversity we're going to find out i i don't know if quinchon talked about it or if y'all asked him i do think another thing that not enough people are talking about ulysses bentley the fourth he was a uh transfer running back came in he was banged up all last year and that really hurt him down the stretch especially in the alabama game he had a cast on his wrist and zach evans had a concussion and was knocked out and by the fourth quarter judkins was just gassed I mean, he he just he couldn't do it. And I think Bentley being healthy is going to be really effective and something that I think is a sneaky edge for them running the football because I know Kevin Smith is back as the running backs coach. He loves to rotate guys and keep them fresh. And, you know, Judkins is going to get his touches, but they're going to want to keep him ready for the fourth quarter to really lean on people. So I think Bentley – is, is going to be somebody that that people are going to learn a lot about this year just because he's going to help spell Judkins to where he's not having to run it 30 times a game. I'm good with that. I mean, old, I, keep Judkins healthy. Keep keep some tread on the tires for November. I mean, yeah, that was that was old Miss's old Miss's problem last year was just they ran out of gas as a team. Yeah, I mean, they lost five of what five of their last seven down the stretch. Including yep. a bizarre bowl game. I don't I, we can talk about that another time, but I just <laughs> I remember as an observer being like, I don't think Ole Miss wants to be here. They they yeah, certainly I, aren't they, yeah, I mean mentally they are not um paying attention. That's the best way to describe it. And like Lane Kiffin was playing like, you know, a, a, a third grader when they play Madden for the first time. Fourth and yeah. fifteen on your own twenty. Let's go for it. Like who cares? There's no consequences. I had a hard time with that just as an observer, but we can save that for another time. So you got seven and five server. Well, you got nine and three. Um, There are, there are three games on the schedule, obviously Alabama, LSU and Georgia mm-hmm. that I think for this to be a successful season, they cannot lose all three of those games. They have to win at least one of them. Right. Like I think Sanford stadium is a hell of an ask in November. Right. Um, yeah. But like that, like if LSU comes to town and beats Ole Miss, that's bad. Like 
I, I understand LSU is probably going to be a, a top 10, if not top five team by that point, um, depending on what happens in the Florida, maybe regardless what happens in the Florida State game. Um, yeah. But like, I think you got to take at least one of those. Uh, I do think nine and three is a good, is, is, is where I would land because I think there's got to be outside of those three. I think you, I think they can, I think you're going to get one of those. I don't know which one it is, but I think they're going to get one of those. I don't think that they're going to, lose all three of those games. But I do think there will be some that pops up because it's college football and it's weird throughout the rest of the season because it's the West and they do have to play Arkansas. They do have to play A&M, uh, who they get at home, luckily. Um, but then Jordan Hare with Auburn. Like, yeah. it's, it's a tough schedule in and of itself. And then the Egg Bowl is weird. Like, I think Ole Miss is a much better team than, than Mississippi State. But Ole Miss was a better team than Mississippi State last year, but it didn't matter. Um, yeah. The Egg Bowl is just – we it's it's – always weird it's and it's yep. really anybody's game it's one of those it's a it's a it's it's it could go either way but nine and three i think is like where they got to be but i think you know this is a team that is capable with the talent they are and with the way the sec is this year with a lot of the unknowns personnel wise for some of these top teams that like 10 and 2 or 11 and 1 is attainable if they play out of their minds and stay healthy that's a good point server with the unknowns i mean half of the west is is so unknown a&m auburn mississippi state well i mean you and and alabama's still got to find a quarterback yeah but yeah alabama's very well coached they've got they've got a very talented roster like yes 10 and 2 would be a disappointing season for them but they're not going to go four and four in the sec like you look at a&m which was just a disaster last year um compared to expectations. I mean, preseason top 10, losing at home to App State, and then just the spiral. Just, Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, you know, awful. Mississippi State, obviously dealing with a ton of adversity, uh, you know, but what do they look like on offense? Like, what do they, I think defensively, they'll be stout. They always are. But, you Mm -hmm. know, are we still, are we still running the air raid? Like, what are we doing there? And how's that going to go? And then yeah, Auburn, I mean, of course, which is just like I, it, it's going to be feast or famine. I, I, I don't, I, I just don't know how that, how that unit is gonna, is gonna gel. And it sounds like, like we talked to Coach Freeze, and I mean, he, he's like, it's not about wins and losses this year, you know, like for, like that's, like those were yeah. his words. And so I, like, how are you measuring success? I, I don't, I mean, I mean, half of the West is just, it's so unknown, man, so unknown. Yeah, I mean, I and and the rest of our listeners are very familiar with the Hugh Freeze experience. That could be a team that goes out and, you know, shocks the world and and beats LSU. And then they could turn around and, you know, lose to Cal or Samford or, you know, Hugh Freeze was just synonymous with he would beat somebody he's not supposed to beat and then lose to somebody he's supposed to beat. And in year one, don't have a you know they're still trying to figure out their quarterback situation, um, you know that's two two teams in Alabama that went out and got quarterbacks after their spring game, which I think is that's a that's an alert that's a that's a rotating red light there. Mm-hmm. Saban's gonna figure it out. He always does. I still haven't given up on Ty Simpson. Uh, there was a lot of buzz about him last year about oh he he might be the best guy to ever come through here, and then they go out and get Tyler Buckner after the spring game. That's, that's concerning. If you're an Alabama fan now, sure. They could figure it out, 
before they kick off in September, but still that's, that's a concern. And then they do it every single year, but you got to replace all the guys that got drafted. So we're going to look at the sec East really quick. I, I say really quick. Cause I do think it should be chalk, but Serbs, I know you, you, you've got, I, I don't know if it's a hot take. I, I believe in the Gamecocks, but I know that you've, uh, you've got them penciled in pretty high on the board there. I, yeah, I think South Carolina has a chance to compete for the East this year. Um, if, if Georgia is not rolling, uh, you know, hitting on all cylinders week three. Um, so the, here's the thing. South Carolina has one of the easier SEC schedules this season. Now the asterisk to that is they have to go to Neyland and Sanford stadium. But, um, and they go to Kyle Field, but I just, I'm not buying Texas A&M. I, I just, I don't, nothing about what I saw last year has inspired confidence that they're going to turn it around all of a sudden. Um, and like Jimbo seems like a bit of a head case. Uh, like, otherwise though, they're playing Missouri, like Florida, who they inexplicably lost to last year, uh, like almost maybe a hangover from the Tennessee win, perhaps. A lot of people are going to say, yeah, Tennessee is going to be so much better. Like, we literally saw South Carolina beat a better version of Tennessee last year, potentially with Hinton Hooker on the field. Uh, and we saw him finish it off with Joe Milton on the field. Um, Vandy, Kentucky, who is like, deserves a lot more respect these days than they may have used to have gotten. I just, I think like this game and this game in Athens, we like right out of the gates is going to potentially set the stage for how that looks the rest of the year. If South Carolina can do what they did a couple years ago when they were not, had no business beating Georgia. Uh, and like, honestly, Georgia beat themselves in that game with some really bad special teams. Um, like, you know, they win that game. They're in the driver's seat for the rest of the season. They can at that point afford a loss uh and you know at Kyle Field or at Neyland Stadium um I I like floor I'm not buying into what Billy Napier's got down in Florida like me neither listen like drink has had several years in Missouri to convince me that he um that they that they, they, they're gonna make it back to Atlanta I don't see it um you know Vandy leaps and bounds probably gonna flirt with a bowl game again this year and Kentucky's gonna flirt with you know seven eight maybe even nine wins um, but they don't have like the West teams they get are Mississippi State and Texas A&M. It's a pretty, it's a pretty good draw. So, like Georgia favorites, sure, I get it. Back to back national champions, like why not? But like you know, South Carolina has a star quarterback, um, a really, really good defense. Uh, you know, the running game is gonna is going to kind of probably decide how successful they are this season. If they're able to run the ball at a, at a better, you know, better than they were last year, but you know, they're not going to lose games on special teams. They're not going to lose games with mental mistakes. And I really like Shane Beamer. I think he's a, he's a young star in college football who like South Carolina is the perfect place for him. Might not Mm. be there forever, but I think, you know, arguments could be made. I'm from the state of South Carolina. Like, it's a you know South Carolina football is a huge deal. It, like it, it, they're not Clemson's little brother. Like they're in the SEC. Um, they haven't had as much success. They only made it to Atlanta once. They got spanked by Cam Newton when they went there. But uh, this is this is this would be a schedule that is favorable for them. You know to to have a shot at it. I picked them to win the East. 
I'm a Clemson fan. You take that for what it's worth, whether or not that's a reverse KOD or not. But there's also a lot of realism in that. I think they will compete with Georgia for the division. And I'm, you know, Joe Milton can throw it 100 yards, but I don't. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna cast any <laughs> confidence in Tennessee until they give me reason to. One year is an anomaly. Two years is a trend. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna take the baton there because I like Serber's argument for South Carolina. And for folks who don't know, like the South Carolina Clemson rivalry, underrated. ACC SEC rivalry as far as those go like at yeah. last year I think that 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 thing has got juice again you know it was yeah. a, it was a Clemson coronation party every every year last seven years not anymore I think that's awesome so that 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 rivalry is back waiting for some of these other you know, waiting for Florida Florida State to get back right like I mean we might be waiting a while so here's the thing Tennessee got to meet Joe Milton impressive guy monster humongous dude giant huge hands we know what he can do with the football he can throw it he can throw it over the mountains here's the deal though if that guy can get it going and the schedule is i mean virginia austin p at florida week three but this ain't your older brother's florida it's 2023 billy napier florida yeah utsa south carolina bye week I'm he, I'm not a big futures guy, Zach. I might take a little piece of Joe Milton for Heisman. Just a just a tiny little taste. Just let me wet my beak at 20 to 1. Tell me why it can't happen. The numbers are going to be there. The schedule is manageable. Yes, you got to go to Alabama. Okay, fine. You host Georgia in November. It could be 75 and sunny. It could be 25 and snowing at Neyland in the middle of November. I don't know what you're going to get weather-wise, but if Joe Milton can connect on nine-yard slant routes this year and not break his receiver's hands in the process, watch out. I mean, it, it could be it could be a lot of fun. That's all I'm saying because I don't think that offense is going to not give you 40, 45, 50 points a week. I mean, last year they averaged 46. Yeah. That's bananas. Yeah. And they've got better wide receivers than a year ago, which is crazy. Like, as a unit, I know they have to replace a Bolitnikoff winner, but, I mean, they are loaded. So tell me why that can't happen. Looks like right now you could get Joe Milton for Heisman at plus 2,000. 20 to 1. So if you want to throw a little coin down, not the worst thing. It's not the worst idea I've ever heard. That's all I'm saying. Like, you can get Carson Beck at 20 to 1, too. Uh, so, you know, but is Georgia going to put up those types of numbers offensively? They'll, they'll, they'll probably be there in November at 10 and 0, 11 and 0, but I am intrigued by the Georgia Tennessee game. Cause I mean, we know how it went last year. Tennessee was number one. They were on the road. They were a double digit underdog in, in Athens. Yeah. Well, this year that's going to be that, that, that script is going to be reversed a little bit. Georgia is going to be number one. They're going to be the road favorite going to Neyland. I'm just saying like they did it to Alabama last year. So obviously everything in November is going to be the rosters, the health, all that stuff is going to be dramatically different um, from, from where we're talking now in, in late July, but I am intrigued. I'm not picking Tennessee to go to the college football playoff, but I am very intrigued. And the Joe Milton story is a great one. I mean, this guy could have transferred. He's been hanging around the program. 
you know, he was he was Hendon Hooker's roommate last year. Like those guys are tight. They're they're close. We talked to both of those guys about that. So I don't think he's not ready. It's just a matter of what's it going to look like with him getting all the snaps and running this offense and being the point guard. So I'm very intrigued. I'm buying. I'm buying Tennessee stock. I had, I picked LSU to win the West and I picked Georgia to win the East. Last question here. I talked with Brooks Austin from Sports Illustrated at SEC Media Days. He told me he thinks that Ole Miss can give Georgia the best game this year. Now, he knows I cover Ole Miss, so I was looking at him face-to-face. I don't think he was pandering. I don't think he was just playing into the podcast. But I do think, and again, let me preface, I'm not saying Ole Miss is beating Georgia, but I do think there is something dangerous about a November game when you're in conference. I haven't looked at the schedule to see what Georgia has gone through to that point, but you give somebody like Lane Kiffin with an offense that if it's rolling and it's house money and there's no pressure and it's just, Hey, let's just go out there and just have fun and just see what happens. I do think that could potentially be, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of like a 47-36 type game where maybe Ole Miss gets it going offensively, but they just can't keep pace because Georgia's Georgia. And now 36 is asking a lot against a Georgia defense. It's coached by Kirby Smart and Will Muschamp. But that could be a game where Georgia just kind of throws the helmet out there and tries to win it with that. And again, maybe this is, you know, a reverse KOD. Maybe they just dog walk them. But um, what do y'all think about that statement that that Ole Miss could potentially give Georgia the best game of their 12-game schedule? I think that person should probably be drug tested. Um, the <laughs> the Ole Miss game is the week before the trip to Neyland for Georgia. So there's Oh, so a, a little a trap night, game. It's, it's an intriguing spot, okay? Yeah. Um. All that being said, like, what what are we here for? We hey, let's pick games that Ole Miss is going to cover on the road. I mean, you know, come on, like, I, you're not winning yeah. between the hedges. You're Lane will know now, the line for sure. Now, like, I do think, you know, Georgia South Carolina game a couple years ago didn't Georgia throw like three pick sixes in that game? Didn't Jake Fromm throw like he threw at least two? It might have been three pick sixes in that game. South Carolina won. Like something like that could happen, but you know, I I don't. I don't see it, Zach. I don't see it. But, you know, that's why they play the games, man. Who knows? Like, health matters. I mean, Georgia was incredibly fortunate with injuries last year. They right, didn't yeah. have any. Like, they just didn't have them. You know, I, I talked about Alabama two years ago. Like, you lose Mechie in the SEC championship game. You lose Jamison Williams in the first half of the natty. Like, that matters, man. Like, those are two NFL wideouts who aren't catching passes from Bryce Young which, you know, by the end of that game, he didn't have wide receivers. So I'm not taking anything away from Georgia's back-to-back national championships. I'm just saying, like, staying healthy is is paramount, and that's really hard to do over a 12-game regular season. I, I, I can't wait for all these teams to start playing 15 or 16 games when yeah. we expand the playoff in a couple of years, but I'll save that for another time. Server's already heard that argument. He doesn't, he doesn't like it. 
That's fine. I, I don't I don't understand why you're throwing me under the bus all of a sudden. No, no, I like, just I, I I just I I don't love that these college kids are going to have to start playing 15 games a year. Like that's just that's a lot of games. They do in the NFL. I'm, yes, I'm, and those guys I, are very well compensated. Yeah, I have much <laughs> less issue with it now that college players are being compensated. I understand they're not being compensated by the university who's asking them to play all these games, but it doesn't burn me, like it doesn't burn me up as much. You know, knowing me, that their pockets are lined with cash without having to worry about getting suspended for it. Not a lot of cash. I mean, let a me, little bit of cash, but yeah. Let me ask you this, Hartzell. As a as a JMU alum, which now they've moved up. But yeah, when we're they the were Sun in. Sunbelt East preseason champs, buddy. What, what? How can I help you? <laughs> when they were in the FCS, I mean, how many, how many games do, does an FCS national championship team play? Um, That's a good question. Uh, I'll tell you what. <clears throat> I've got the mug right here in my office. Okay, two thousand four. They'll never. Be, they will never be able to take this away from us. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. They beat Montana in game number fifteen. Was so that a twelve-game season in two thousand four? Had we made the jump from eleven to twelve games at that point? I think it was a because I mean that that's that's like right on the line for when they stopped playing eleven game regular. They played seasons. four playoff games, eleven games, eleven game regular season. So it's okay. sixteen now. Yeah. So why can't the FBS do that? I just think it's I just think it's asking it's asking a lot. That's all. Well, now these guys are getting okay. So the FCS guys point, do it. They're getting paid. Okay, they're getting paid. Only two teams are doing it at the FCS level. We're we're gonna have we're gonna have multiple teams playing fifteen games. We're gonna have a couple teams playing sixteen games if this all yeah, breaks out. Right? What's two against four though? Really? It's I mean, it's just I'm just saying it's a it's a <laughs> violent sport. And yes, these guys are being compensated. They're getting mid six figures a year. And not all of them, a few of them. Yeah. Um. And there's no guarantees. Like I just, everybody's got insurance policies and stuff. Look, I, I've accepted it. That doesn't mean that I have to be a, a an overwhelming fan of it. Well, this this brings up the other point though. How much how much longer do we start seeing guys opt out of playoff games? No one's no people aren't doing that, right? But like, you know, at some point you you wonder like, is a guy gonna be like, nah, I'm not gonna play 16 games for free? In quotes, yeah. You know, like ultimately we might get to a point, you know, where they're like, eh, it's not worth it. That's uh, I mean, these guys play to play for championships. I don't think that's going to happen like crazy, but if it's really that big of a deal to the players, they do hold the cards to say like, I ain't, I ain't doing it. I'm out. I'm going to go get ready right. for the draft. Yeah. It's a fair point. Zach, I think the East has way more storylines than the West this year for me. Like I, I, not because there's national championship contenders, but like, I think what Vandy's doing is awesome. I think what South Carolina's doing is awesome. You, you know, sleep on Kentucky at your own peril. Like, I, I think the Devin Leary thing could be very, very interesting for them. I know he wasn't healthy, and he wasn't, you know, the, the prophet that everybody wanted him to be when he was in Raleigh, but that's a good quarterback, man. And he was one of the top, you know, transfer targets uh, in the country coming out. So he went to Lexington. Like, People sleep on stoop. Server's right, man. Like that guy would be a home run hire for a Big Ten school that was just like middling around or or couldn't figure it out or was looking to make a splash. I'm not saying it's going to win the press conference, but that dude can coach. And I mean, he's the winningest he's the winningest coach in Kentucky football history. That's a hard place to be good 
in football. And now they're like, at worst, they're third in the East every year. Now that could change this year because South Carolina's on the come up in Tennessee, but you know, they used to get dogged by Florida. Nah, not anymore. They beat Florida in their own place consistently. Um, so I just I think the East is interesting. Missouri, I mean, is drink gonna is drink gonna break five hundred or or are they gonna be, you know, looking for you know, for somebody who can come December? I, I don't know. But yeah, George is the chalk favorite. That's fine, but I think behind that. Uh, there's some intri- there's some intrigue for me, and yes, we talked Vandy football on your show, so you're welcome. All right, guys. Final thing, favorite and least favorite thing about SEC media days, and this can be about literally anything. So it doesn't have to pertain to football. It can be about Nashville, the venue, food, traffic, whatever you want to do. Mm, that's a good question. You're talking about in general or just last, like what we did a couple weeks ago? Yeah, a couple weeks ago. Specific to Nashville. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the best part was was clearly the camaraderie. I mean, we we got to hang out with you know some of our friends and and peers in the media industry. I mean, that was a big deal. I, for me, I like media days because it it party time is over. It's the end of the summer. Football season is is you know it's it's here, and it gives me a chance selfishly to get back into the groove. I learn about all these teams. I learn about the players and that, that is my wake up call. Um, least favorite part, you know, as a dad and husband is like, I got to spend five nights alone in a hotel room. And that's, I struggle with that dude. Like I'm 40 years old. I don't like being in an empty hotel room for long stretches of time. It's boring. I, you know, I, I find myself struggling to, you know, to be, you know, the, the best person, version of myself which i'm usually i usually am when i'm at home so that's that's the hardest part for me and when we have to go to dallas next year and i have to get on a plane Ugh. I, i'm re- i'm really i'm gonna be i'm gonna be a nervous wreck man i'm I'm gonna struggle with that i don't fly very well so oh also what a burger that was a pretty nice highlight I, those burgers yeah. are good i've been thinking about that burger server since since we left that joint it was really good uh yeah, very good. The fries were a little underwhelming. I'm sorry if Whataburger is a sponsor of this podcast. The fries were a little underwhelming, but the burger more than made up for that. Yeah, uh, we dined in. We took they had our the good time. ice. They yeah. had the good ice. I don't know if you noticed that, Hartzell. They had yep. the good ice, which yep. goes a long way in my book. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's the little things, but I mean, it was just, it was really cheesy. We got the, we got the double cheeseburgers. And I think, server, did you get bacon on yours? Maybe I didn't get bacon on mine, but I think it was three pieces of cheese. Like we had top cheese, yeah. middle cheese, bottom, bottom cheese. cheese. Yeah, and that's I how mean, you do it. Yeah, That's it was really you know, take good. note burger places. That's how you do it. Yeah, it was really good. So, server, your your best and, and worst parts of media days. Uh, Worst parts of media days going to my favorite record store in the entire world, <laughs> Grimey's, and there being a listening party for Greta Van Fleet. So because of all the 17-year-old girls leaning up against the the bins, I couldn't search through for records. But you know what? It might have been for the best because I still bought two records after only making it through the letter C in the alphabet, so I might have done some real damage. I was a little bummed out about that. Um, but Grimey's is a great store, and it's cool that they do stuff like that. That just happened to be my only day that I could be there, and it, and it didn't work out. But, you know, we're fine. Um Best part of media days, you know, 
kicking it in the Lexus Lounge with our boy Zach Barry and and, yeah. and you. Uh, we we took that party back to the hotel into the hotel lobby. You know, did a little people watching. Uh, <laughs> made fun of some folks. Had a good time. <laughs> um, that would probably be the best for me. So it was an overall success. And you know what? We only went on Broadway, like prop Broadway proper, like once. We did one lap, and then I got a good picture of the lights leaving. So, like, that's pretty successful, too. Anytime you can avoid Broadway proper, unless your yes. you know, goal is to just get trashed, you've done well. Yeah. All right, fellas, this was fun. Uh, I'm sure we'll do it again at some point during the season. Um I would love to have y'all back uh, before I let y'all go. Make sure go ahead and plug everything y'all got. Tell the folks where they can find you this season. Um, radio podcast, all that stuff. Uh, well, you can listen to the shutdown full cast. I produce that every week. Um, and uh, we'll have Doug back for full cast after dark on Saturdays. Uh, as far as I know, that's Ooh. continuing this season that's always fun little post-game wrap-up show that they do uh got hand in the dirt it's a gardening podcast about football and a lifestyle podcast really with uh steven hartzell and michael felder um and then i'll have a i'll have something new popping up i don't think i'm at liberty to speak about it yet but we'll have a i'll have a new podcast i'll be appearing on this college football season that that everyone can look forward to uh and you can follow me if you're on blue sky uh it's at server.bsky.social i think uh and i have a twitter or an x or whatever it is at the point that this is released <laughs> at l underscore cerberino not quite as active there anymore but i'll be there you can you can tweet at me slide my dms if you, if you want some takes um but yeah i mean server's the real internet sensation here so you're not on twitter anymore that 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 sucks I put up a Taylor Swift uh, video of we are never, ever getting back together <laughs> when the X annou announcement was made and I haven't been engaging. Um, but like when I go to it, it's still a bird. I was told they're getting rid of the birds, but I, I'm not. So know. I'm on I'm on desktop here and the X is in the top left. Yeah, yeah. yeah they got rid yeah. of that. Yeah, desktop, but it's still desktop or X. Yeah, it's still Twitter.com, though. I, I guess they're just going to keep it at that. They They'll probably keep it. that. Yeah, it's just like X, you know, redirects now. I'm not, I'm just, uh, yeah, I'll be on there. I'm sure. I just haven't really been into it because the discourse for the past few days was all about that. And I was like, this isn't interesting yeah. to me. Um, So maybe I'll come back and, and join y'all on whatever it's called again. Are they still called tweets or are they going to be called something else? I, I, they're saying they're called zeets, but I'm not calling them that. Uh, we are skeeting on Blue Sky, though. Yeah, be careful. <laughs> I'm, careful. I'm always going to call it Twitter. I'm not going to say, yeah, I'll hit you up on X or like, oh, yeah, I was on X the other day and I saw like, yeah, that's, I think that's, that's problematic. The, if you're not into the if you're not into X, like as a name, like I think calling it Twitter is the big is like the best defense you have for that. You know, just continue to call it Twitter. I'm waiting on DMX to like try to sue Elon Musk. Well, RIP in peace. X well, get it to I, you. DMX is dead, I guess bro. his I guess I meant his people. Yeah, yeah, like his estate, the X estate. Yeah, X is dead. The rapper. <laughs> so dark. <laughs> dark ending to the show. You can follow me on Twitter at Stephen Hartzell. We are we are going to be busting out the blitz in a couple of weeks. And, um, you know, this is a show for college football diehards. So 
you are our target audience for the show. It's College Football Red Zone on Saturdays on radio. So if you're an Ole Miss fan, you get DK. We're going to the Grove. We're going. We're bouncing around the SEC. All of the hometown voices in college football. And uh, it it's 56 minutes of play-by-play every hour. We take three commercial breaks, and we just go to games. So Sirius XM 84, that's the ESPNU station uh, starting at noon Eastern, and it's also on uh, the Varsity Network, which is a free app you can download for for all your college sports needs. But College Football Blitz, check us out, spread the word, and um, interact with the show because it's probably the coolest thing we get to do like yeah. uh, in, in our entire jobs. So we love Saturdays. We have to stay. We have to spend all day in the studio, but it's awesome because we got all the TVs and all the games, and it's you get to hear the the hometown calls of all these of all these plays. Like you know, the kick six when that happened, Rod Bramblett, you know, rest in peace, longtime voice of of Auburn. Like that happened thirty feet from where I'm sitting, and that audio with the you know. Oh my God, like that, that happened in our studios. There's yeah. just moments like that, that people just associate with their schools or, or with a moment in their life. When we get to produce stuff like that, it's, it's pretty, pretty cool. So yeah, well, let, let's not end it on a dark note. Let's end it on an uplifting <laughs> note. Listen to the blitz. Yeah. I was going to say it, for me, it's great. Um, I don't gamble a lot, but if you're trying to keep up with games that are part of a parlay or something, and you got to get out and run some errands on a Saturday, you got to run to Home Depot or maybe, you know, get out and, and knock out a couple couple things off a checklist, just throw on the blitz while you drive around. Throw in the throw in the AirPods while you're walking around the store. And uh You're a Home Depot guy, not a Lowe's guy. I'm a Home Depot guy. Okay. It's it's probably it's Judge probably free. because there's one that's like a mile and a half from the house. So it's more convenient. Um I get it. That's fine. We did get we did get we did get appliances at Lowe's. I think the appliances are A1. Way to support Arthur Blank. Dirty birds. Let's go. His <laughs> orange vest, baby. Um all right, that is going to do it for this edition of Daytime Fireworks. Shout out to Stephen Hartzell, Michael Server for joining us on a busy Thursday. They carved out a window for y'all, so big ups to them. Um, myself, I will be ending this show. We'll send it over to Ben Garrett. He will produce it and bring it to you, and then I will be on the road to Oxford for Juice Fest 23 this weekend. Probably upwards of 30-plus prospects in town. We will have all of that and more at omspirit.com, an affiliate of On3. Thanks to these two guys. Appreciate you, the listener. And as always, thank you to the sponsors for making it possible. So until next week, we out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.